one forecast wrestling podcast on the one and only 411 podcast network I am Justin Watry, and it is 316 Day. Big thanks to the Resident Complex for the very, very, very cool opening you just heard. Check out their debut album, North Ave, available on iTunes, Amazon, Spotify, and everywhere else. Today is going to be a quick kits kind of podcast. I'm going to give my thoughts on the past week in WWE, and then I will end it with a live review from Saturday's WWE live event in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. But first, we're going to rewind about six days to last Sunday's Fastlane pay-per-view. For those keeping score, I did nail another pay-per-view with 100%, but that's beyond the point right now because first up, I want to discuss real quick the Shane McMahon versus... Sorry, Shane and Miz versus the Usos tag team title match for SmackDown Live. Um, honestly, it was a good match, but I don't know how many people were paying attention to it besides the hot crowd for Cleveland. I think everybody, and you can't necessarily blame them here, I think they were just kind of waiting to see what would happen with Shane and Miz. And honestly, I admit to it, I had the Miz turning. I thought he would be the perfect heel, and whether his dad was in the front row or not, he's just so cocky and so arrogant, he's easy to hate. And it ended up being Shane McMahon who turned. Of course, after they lost, they were frustrated and had a little moment with Miz's dad out there with the hometown crowd and everything. And then Shane snapped, and it was great. I loved it. I was caught off guard. I was definitely shocked by the turn. Like I said, I had the Miz turning, but man, is it going to be something else to see these two at WrestleMania? I'm I'm actually very excited for it, and I've enjoyed their tag team the past few months. Up next, we had Asuka defeating Mandy Rose. Um, This went six minutes, and yeah, probably should not have gone six minutes. I know Asuka's kind of looking for an opponent for Mania right now, but I don't think her versus Mandy versus Sonya Deville is really anything Mania quality. I know there's been rumors of Lacey Evans versus Asuka, and I'm not sure that would work either. But, man, they need something for Asuka. She's far too talented to be wasted, honestly, and I say that with respect. She's far too talented to be wasted like this. She should be doing a whole lot more. The Bar. Ah, yes, The Bar. Remember them? The Bard defeated Kofi Kingston. This was more of a setup than anything. Vince McMahon's playing the character that is not exactly giving Kofi what he wants and just kind of screwing around with him right now. So, you know, it was five minutes. Crowd didn't really care. Honestly, I didn't either. But at the same time, I understood, you know, it was what it was, and it was just a means to an end. We'll we'll get to we'll get there eventually. The Revival, the Raw Tag Team Champions, defeated Aleister Black and Ricochet and Bobby Roode and Gable. Pretty straightforward stuff. You knew it would be amazing. They got over 10 minutes, so that was fine. And Gable, as I figured he would, ended up getting pinned in the end. I don't know where all these teams are going for Mania. They could easily just do another multi-tag team match. But I do hope there's a little bit more to it than that. Samoa Joe, the new United States champion, went over Andrade, R-Truth, and Rey Mysterio. This was a late addition to the card. Not a whole lot to it. There's, again, over 10 minutes, so that was good. All four guys are great. I'm a big fan of all of them. Zelina Vega added her presence to the outside. So all-around good stuff, but for a pay-per-view, I would call it filler, even if that is offensive to some people. It was filler. All right, Bailey and Sasha over Nia Jax and Tamina. Not to be somewhat negative, but this was not good. This was the least forward match I was looking to on the whole card, and it pretty much lived up to my low expectations. Nia Jackson, Tamina, not a clue why they were here in the first place, but it's a good one for Bailey and Sasha. That's fine, but keep it moving. Find the Iconics or some sort of 
legendary tag team. Women's tag team titles deserve more at Mania. Sorry, Naya. Sorry, Tamina. Daniel Bryan retains the WWE title. No real surprise there. We figured he would. Originally, he was going to face Kofi. That got changed to Kevin Owens, who is now back as a face, which is still a little work in progress, I see. But then Vince McMahon decided to add Mustafa Ali. Again, this goes back to earlier. It was just more of a kind of a dagger to Kofi, just to screw with him that Mustafa would be added, but not Kofi. Brian wins, 18-minute match. It was actually very, very good. In my review on 411 Mania, I may have undersold it a little bit, but under a rewatch and thinking about it more, it was actually very, very good. So I suggest everybody does go back and watch this. Good stuff. Becky Lynch defeats Charlotte. Oh, boy. Um, this was more of kind of like the Bar vs. Kofi, where I understood the story and what was trying to be told. The match, you know, it was what it was. I'm not going to say anything too bad about it because we kind of figured it'd lead to Ronda Rousey getting involved. Becky would win, and now we get the triple threat we all had known was coming for a while now. So it was fine. Becky Lynch gets her moment. Ronda Rousey looks tough again, and Charlotte gets to stand there looking stunned like she has been the past few months. Our main event, The Shield defeated Baron Corbin, Bobby Lashley, and Drew McIntyre. This was the last time The Shield will ever team together, and I know that kind of you know false advertisement happens in wrestling, but I do believe this. I figure it is going to be their last night. As we saw the next night on Raw, it does kind of seem like everyone's headed in their own separate direction. So this was a very fitting, very fitting, very fitting send-off for them. And it was very cool. And even the next night on Raw, when they had their little moment together to start, I thought it was very good. And big thumbs up on that match. You know, I'd give this show like a B, maybe a C, somewhere in there. You know, it was actually pretty good and a few matches over-delivered than what I was expecting. But on the whole, you know, it's just kind of one of those pay-per-views in between the Rumble and Mania where you just kind of get through it and let's keep pushing forward on the road to Mania. Speaking of Raw the next night, I thought that was a good show. I thought that was probably better than Fastlane, if I'm being honest with you. Lots of things happened, and it seemed like they were finally on the road to WrestleMania. It's like, all right, we got a few weeks, so let's start pushing it, and let's start promoting all this stuff. I mentioned it a little bit, but the Shield, it seems they're going their separate ways, and it looks like Drew McIntyre, the stud, as I call him, it looks like he's going to be the one to kind of you know break him up. He, uh, you know, he basically took out uh, Dean Ambrose, let's be honest. He destroyed him in the main event and pretty much kicked his head off and... Renee Young can sit there and cry all she wants, but I believe Dean Ambrose is leaving, and that may have been his last TV appearance. I know he's got a few more dates left on his contract, but you know that may have been it for him on TV, and if that's what it was, then I think it was a good send-off. Like I said, the Shield already had their stuff, so you know it's fair game to kind of send him out and you know wish him well down the road, and if he comes back, he comes back. The part with Drew is now he's going to be facing, I assume, Roman Reigns at WrestleMania. I mentioned this before, but I would, you know, I'd send Drew right to the top and challenge a future Universal Champion, Seth Rollins, who I believe is beating Brock Lesnar for that title. And they can kind of headline Raw for a while. I like that idea. And if you're asking about Roman Reigns, I, you know, just me, but I would send him to SmackDown Live. I think the Fox move calls for a few big names to go over to the blue the blue brand for the Fox move in October. And Roman Reigns would probably fit that the best. So I like the idea of Drew kind of being the one to break up the shield and go their separate ways. 
Triple H versus Batista, that segment on Raw. Yeah, I kind of, you know, I'm with everyone else. I kind of expected a little bit more. It was, you know, it was a good idea of Batista with the security and give me what I want and all this. I think Batista's gotten a lot of what he's wanted this this week with Guardians of the Galaxy 3 and that whole controversy. But, you know, there, there needed to be a little extra spark. And then when he was saying, give me what I want, and then Triple H was like hesitant and saying no. But then, you know, five seconds later, he agreed, which didn't make a whole lot of sense. And I think it's already kind of been forgotten that Batista destroyed Ric Flair. Like, shouldn't Triple H want this match more than anything? You know, under whose terms? Who cares? He just wants to get his hands on him. I mean, the no-holds-barred thing was expected. These two are legends, so they're going to kind of brawl around. You knew the no-rules stipulation would be added. So I liked it. Good stuff. I had a bold prediction in early January that we would still be getting this match at Mania, despite the Triple H injury and all the rumors of Batista. So... Here we are, and we are going to get it. Ronda Rousey continues her heel turn kind of attitude, whatever you want to call it. Um, she pretty much beat the crap out of Dana Brooke, who was, I guess, speaking for the locker room of how they don't like her or respect her anymore. Kind of a non-segment, but still always fun to see Rousey beat up someone. New IC champ, Bobby Lashley. Well, the Finn Balor title reign didn't exactly go too well. He uh, beat Leo Rush for the title, first of all, not Bobby Lashley. And then when Lashley does get a shot back at the title on Raw, he wins it back. So I don't know what happened with Finn Balor. I don't know if this was part of the plan the whole time or if there was an audible called or I don't know. But now apparently Leo Rush and Lashley are back together, I think. I don't know. My, my fear is we get some sort of jumbled kind of ladder match, multi-man, IC title, you know, cluster. But, you know, who knows what's going to happen here. Lashley's the champ again. Finn Balor loses again, which he seems to do probably more than he should. I don't know if this is setting up him going to SmackDown Live, something a lot of people have wanted for the past year or two, and I would be all for it. So maybe there's more to this story than we see right now. Kurt Angle in Pittsburgh, very cool moment for him, announcing he is retiring at WrestleMania. I liked it. The little match with Apollo Crews was cool for everybody involved, so that was a big thumbs up. We will get to what else is going on with Kurt Angle in a little bit, but all around, I liked it. And, you know, this has also been talked about, but, you know, him retiring is not really much of a surprise or anything that's caught everyone off guard. We knew it was coming, and it's very cool that he will get the mania send-off so that's good for him alexa bliss as the wrestlemania 35 host this was teased a little bit and i kind of laughed because right away on twitter if you were following me at the time right when it was teased i said alexa bliss is going to announce herself as the host you know kind of obvious not really a bold pick or anything but she likes to troll people and do that kind of thing so when she was hyping it up you, you had to know it was coming and it was I'm fine with it. Whether she's injured or had the concussion again or whatever's going on, she hasn't been in the ring. So she can deny it all she wants. But, you know, something's clearly going on that she's doing these other little roles. So I'm fine with it. And I do expect somebody, not necessarily The Rock, but I do expect somebody at Mania to interrupt her little gloating or her troll show at some point and make a little move on her or do something with her. I don't know. Speaking of... Braun Strowman and the Saturday Night Live gang. I don't know who these guys are. I didn't even care to look it up, and I'm not going to look it up. I don't care who these guys are. Braun destroying their little gift of a car was, you know, kind of funny. 
But again, Braun, uh, not a clue what happened to him the past few months, but he deserves better than whatever he's going to be doing in New York. I get it. I mean, he might host Saturday Night Live or make an appearance or cameo. So cool for him. That's kind of like a little bucket list, I'm guessing, for people in the entertainment business. But I mean, as a whole, as a wrestling fan, not exactly my thing. So that that, that pretty much sums up Raw in my mind. Uh, and, I mean, other things happen and all that, but I only have so much time to ramble through this. So I am going to do a quick little plug here. You are listening to the 4114 Site Wrestling Podcast on the 411 Podcast Network. We are on Apple. We are on Spotify. We are on Google Play. We are on TuneIn. We are on YouTube. And, yes, as always, folks, please rate review and subscribe on itunes give us those great scores and tell everyone how much you love listening moving on to smackdown it was an interesting show i'm not sure i would say it was good or bad or ugly or terrible or i don't know it was just interesting the whole shane mcmahon beginning you know he had the trophy again to gloat about being best in the world he he kind of explained his turn on miz and you know it made sense it's something that had been brewing since last fall so Again, the seeds were planted, so there was some backstory there. But again, I think it's just going to be a little interesting. That's my word of the day. Interesting to watch Shane as a heel because I guess Triple H and Stephanie are faces. And I think heel Vince McMahon is back. But is he back for good or just to mess with Kofi or Becky or whoever he's messing with? So maybe it's Shane and Vince versus Triple H and Stephanie. See, I don't know where all this is headed, but... I still like the Shane and Miz story, and I do expect them not necessarily to steal the show at Mania, but they're going to have a good match. So keep doubting Shane, and he keeps delivering on pay-per-view. I am going to move on to that because a very good match that I expect to deliver on pay-per-view is Randy Orton versus AJ Styles. That might be the sleeper hit, as somebody said on Twitter to me. That that might be your sleeper hit right there. They had a great promo. It was back and forth. They each had their own little jabs. They kind of let the fans decide, like, hey, whoever you want to cheer for, here you go. Orton had his lines. AJ had his lines. And both guys had good lines. It wasn't one-sided at all. So for them to finally make the Mania match official, which had been rumored for months, so, again, this wasn't necessarily out of the blue. We had known about this if you had read a few of the rumors online. So very cool that we are getting this match. I think we had it on a SmackDown like a year or two ago. It was like five minutes. It wasn't much. So I'm glad we're finally going to get this in a pay-per-view setting. And at Mania, yeah, I, I trust both guys to steal the show here. Kofi Kingston, oh boy, the latest saga in his journey to WWE Championship. Vince McMahon ended the show by telling him he's got to run the gauntlet. He's pretty much got to beat all the top guys on SmackDown next week just to get the title match at Mania. But you have to be careful with Vince's wording. He's done this in the past. Did he necessarily say that match, if he wins, Kofi would get the title match at Mania? Did he really say that or did he imply it, sort of like he did at Fastlane? You have to go back and rewatch it. Here's what I would do, and this is just me. I would have Kofi Kingston win the gauntlet, obviously. I think most of us expect he will win. But I would say Vince comes out and says, you know what, Kofi, you have one more obstacle. And I promise, I swear everything, next week is it. You have to beat Big E and Xavier Woods. You have to beat your New Day brothers. You have to beat your New Day friends that keep on talking about how you deserve champion, how you should be the number one guy, all these great things. And you got to beat them next week. And then he has to say, Big E, Xavier, if you go easy on him, you two are fired. So basically he's telling them, don't lay down for him or play it easy or anything. You need to go for it. So that's just something I would do. 
who knows what will actually happen. I guess we got to wait and find out. That was SmackDown in my mind. Again, interesting. Other things happen, but we got to keep it moving here. A uh, quick little plug. I did a podcast a few days ago with Mr. Matty Moses. It was our top 10 finishers of all time. Very good list. I also discussed a few guys that have never been world champion before, but deserve it. So if you want to listen to that, again, it's the 411 Foresight Wrestling Podcast on the 411 Podcast Network. It's available everywhere, folks, so you'll find it somewhere. I'd like to end things before talking about the live event in Saturday nights in Milwaukee. I want to talk about Raw. They, they announced a few things this week, and I wrote it was stacked. That's kind of the word people use is stacked. I think stacked is the word. This looks like a big Monday night for Raw, especially on the road to WrestleMania. First off, we got Finn Balor and a mystery partner versus Lashley and Leo Rush. Now, do I expect some big surprise or some huge star returning? No, I don't. But again, it's interesting because I want to know where the IC title is headed for Mania. Could his partner maybe turn on him? Could Finn Balor have some ace in the hole or something? I mean, the show's in Chicago, so you know what chants are going to be coming there. But I think this is going to be very telling, and we're finally going to get an answer for Mania with the IC title of whatever they do. Speaking of Chicago, this Monday night, Kurt Angle is announcing who his final opponent will be for his retirement at WrestleMania 35. Now, I say it's in Chicago. No, 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 I don't mean CM Punk, so relax, everybody. I'm not talking about CM Punk. I think we've moved on from that. I think we're well beyond that. But if you think about past history and if you rewind, oh, about, I don't know, 17 years and go back to June 2002, somebody answered an open challenge from Kurt Angle. Somebody did that in Chicago. And somebody did that with ruthless aggression. I'm not saying. I'm just saying. This is going to be a big Monday Night Raw. Speaking of, Ronda Rousey defends the title against Dana Brooke. Why is she getting a Raw Women's Championship match? Honestly, I have no idea why. Because she interfered in her match or because she interrupted her during the promo? I don't know why. But again, Rousey beating up somebody in 30 seconds is always entertaining to me. I always love it. You know Charlotte will probably be hanging around. You know Becky will probably be hanging around. Forget the fact that they're SmackDown women. It doesn't really matter. They've kind of appeared wherever. So I expect something to go down there, and I expect Dana Brooke to leave with a, uh, uh, let's say, a sling in her arm. Let's just be nice and say that. And rounding off the Raw preview, we have Seth Rollins versus Drew McIntyre. Okay, I believe Brock Lesnar may be hanging around, so... Brock may interfere in this one in Chicago. I, I don't know about that, but Drew versus Rollins. This is something I mentioned earlier. I like the idea of Drew McIntyre, the stud. He needs something big for Mania, and him taking out the shield is exactly what he should be doing right now. And Rollins will get the title at Mania, I believe, but Drew may also get a match with Roman Reigns. And that might be a tough one to win, especially with Reigns coming back from leukemia. I don't know if that'll end well for Drew, but I hope it does. I hope he wins. I hope he does something to Rollins here or even backs away as Brock Lesnar comes out and just kind of puts his arms up and, you know, kind of says, do your thing and backs away and says, like, points at his wrist saying, you know, the time is coming, the time is coming, and then that can tease for the next pay-per-view 
where Drew is waiting for Rollins in the title, something like that. And then you know Roman Reigns will be interfering. You know Roman Reigns will be somewhere, whether he appears this week or next week. You know he's coming out to attack Drew at some point. So, again, big thumbs up on the whole Drew versus the Shield thing. I'm actually pretty pumped for Monday night. I think last week's Raw was very good. I thought that was all the cool stuff that happened for Mania. But I also think this week's Raw is going to be just as good. And I want to end things a little bit here with the NXT title situation. Tough break for Tommaso Ciampa. I mean, it looked like him and Johnny Gargano were going to be going at it for the title. This was like a year, two-year story. We were finally going to get the payoff with Johnny wrestling, winning the NXT Championship Mania weekend on TakeOver. Unfortunately, that's not how things always go. So Ciampa is going to be vacating the title after his surgery. Again, that sucks, sucks, sucks for him big time. But this Wednesday night, Triple H on NXT is going to be kind of letting everyone know what's going on, kind of giving the lay of the groundwork and all that good stuff about what's next for the NXT title. You have to believe after last week's NXT episode, Gargano will be there. But what Triple H does from there, I'll keep it spoiler free because usually I do avoid spoilers, but I do know what happens. So I will just say that it's, um, you know, a really good, um, I would say replacement is the word. Very good replacement over long-term plans, and obviously you have to scramble and come up with something, which isn't always good, but again, it's part of the business. You just have to do it sometimes, so I like what's about to happen, so I, I implore everybody to tune in Wednesday for the NXT title situation. And now I'd like to give a quick little review of the Milwaukee live event Saturday night, March 16th. Joining me is going to be Miss Holly. Say hello to everyone. Hi. Alrighty, first up, Drew McIntyre came out, talked a little trash, ripped on Milwaukee, the usual deal. Said, anyone want to come out and face him? Anyone at all? And out came Dean Ambrose. Holly, what did you think of this? Well, you asked me at the beginning of this match who I thought was coming out. And of course, my answer was Dean Ambrose. All right, she's got the watchery charm, as you can tell. So, yes, it was Dean Ambrose, and I'm a little surprised he was there, but not entirely. He is apparently leaving in a month, in another month, so he's got some time left. And while he may not appear on TV again, he will probably finish out his live event dates. But either way, he ended up losing in about 10 minutes, and, yes, he did lose clean. No surprise there. Up next was the Lucha House Party, and they defeated Jinder Mahal and the Singh Brothers. Holly, what did you think of this match? I didn't think that the uh, that Lucia House Party was going to win. Okay, well, they are going to win. That's just kind of what they do. Neither are really on TV too much, so it's always nice that they do get a live event payday at least. It was something cool. Fans seemed to dig it. Up next was the Elias Concert. Always fun for the crowd, as usually riles everyone up. And this time, who came out? None other than Zack Ryder and Kurt Hawkins. Not quite who I was thinking, but either way, this led to the Ascension. Again, not who I was thinking would come out. The Ascension came out, and that led to a Teddy Long special tag team match. The Ascension defeated Kurt Hawkins and Zack Ryder. By Kurt Hawkins' math, that is 264 straight losses for him. Holly, what did you think of this? Well, it sucked for that guy. It does suck for that guy, but hey, he's getting paid and living the dream, so that's cool for him. Not too bad of a match, but again, these guys aren't on TV, so it's more filler for a live event crowd. Lashley came out next with his always annoying Leo Rush by his side, 
issued an open challenge and quite the surprise, EC3 ended up answering. And as he was about to start the match against Lashley for the Intercontinental Championship, out came Apollo Crews. A little back and forth led to the referee announcing that this was going to be a triple threat match. Lashley and EC3 teamed up a little bit, back and forth. But as expected, they eventually turned on each other, and Lashley ended up defeating EC3. Holly, what did you think of this? Well, that's kind of ruined for EC3, but he was way off into the corner way too many times in this match. So I'm not surprised that Bobby Lashley won that one. Yep, Lashley won, and that will lead to Monday night where it's him and Leo Rush versus Finn Balor and a mystery partner. I have no idea who the mystery partner could be, but I will mention that Finn Balor did not appear. He was the only one advertised that did not appear, so I guess we'll wait and see what the deal is there. I should point out, like I did on Twitter, at this point I noticed sitting down kind of to my right at a table was Sanjay Dutt and Dr. Amin Aman, however you pronounce it. I believe it was him and another agent was watching the show down there, so that was kind of cool to see them all night. Next up was my match of the night. It was The Revival defeating Chad Gable and Bobby Roode. They cheated to use the ropes in the end, but this was 30-plus minutes, exactly what The Revival probably want nowadays. And it started a little slow. I don't know if the crowd was entirely into it, but their style of wrestling eventually worked over the crowd, and it got very exciting down the stretch. Revival retained. Holly, did you enjoy this match? I lost interest in it. Okay, moving on. Ronda Rousey versus Dana Brooke. Oh, boy. As expected, Ronda Rousey won in two minutes. It actually went longer than I thought. Ronda definitely played the heel here. She was uh, telling the crowd to suck it and kind of ignoring people except everyone that wore her shirt. And the funny part was she was still getting cheered regardless. It was clear she was the top star there because after this match, it looked like a lot of the crowd actually started filing out. But either way, Ronda Rousey defeated Dana Brooke in two minutes. Is that what we're going to see Monday? Maybe, maybe not. Holly? Well, I thought she was going to last at least five minutes. Five minutes, I doubt it, but maybe Monday night, maybe for the TV cameras. That was when we had intermission, fun little stuff as always. They showed the tweets, they showed some other cool pictures and stuff in Milwaukee. They sold some merch, told people to go out there and buy all their crap. And I was actually on the big screen earlier, but not at intermission, so that was cool for me. Afterwards, we got Natalia over Tamina with the sharpshooter. Holly, did you enjoy this match? Yes, I was rooting for Natalia the whole time. Aren't we all? Who's going to root for Tamina? Absolutely nobody. So Ruby Riot and Liv Morgan actually came out afterwards to beat down Natalia. That was an interesting little part there. And no surprise, out came Sasha Banks and Bailey, which led to Teddy Long special again. A tag team match for the Women's Tag Team Championships. Bailey and Sasha ended up winning. Did you enjoy this match? Yep, no surprise that Sasha and Bailey won that one. No surprise at all. I believe they're going to be feuding with the Iconics, and it looked like they were filming something on top of the ramp. I'm not entirely sure, obviously, because we did not get it, but I'm sure it'll pop up online at some point. My guess is the Iconics, as usual. I'm guessing, as I've mentioned, they will be feuding for the Raw or SmackDown, whatever tag team titles come WrestleMania. It was time for our main event. Very cool little old school style presentation. They ended up dimming the lights and focusing only on the ring, which is how it should be. Braun Strowman 
over Baron Corbin in a no-DQ match. They brought out the kendo sticks. They brought out the chairs, the steel steps as their past history showed, and all that good stuff. Eventually, a power slam through the table gave Strowman the victory. It was cool because earlier, Baron Corbin actually cut a little promo local to Milwaukee, so they did do a little thing for the extra mile. Holly, the main event, Strowman over Corbin. Well, the table and the chairs definitely surprised me, along with uh, the change-up of the arena with the spotlight on them, but uh, was ruined for Braun Strowman the whole time. Braun Strowman, of course, was going to win. That's kind of how it goes on live events. You send the crowd home happy. I'm not good with estimates, but upper deck was tarped off, and most of the lower bowl was filled. And it was my first live event in uh, almost 19 years, I believe. June 2000 was the last time. And it's pretty much how I remembered it. It's just a stripped-down version of everything you see on TV, but a lot of things taken away. For instance... No John Cena, there was no Seth Rollins, no Roman Reigns, and a lot of other stars, but I knew that going in because it was a live event and because none of those guys were at all advertised except, as I mentioned, Finn Balor. Holly, you went to Raw in November in Milwaukee, and this is your first live event. What did you think of the differences between the TV version and this version? Well, it was a lot less people, and it was more... uh you know, kind of cozy. Cozy. <laughs> cozy. I like to use the word intimate. It's something as uh, ECW fans will relate to. It's just something cool where it does seem like it's more personal. They kind of spend more time out there. Strowman with the pictures. He actually took somebody's crutch during the no DQ match and hit Corbin with it. So there's not a lot of commercials and a whole lot of BS to fill the TV time. You know, there's no commentators and all that stuff. It's kind of straight down to the action and certainly the revival getting 30 minutes. I'm not sure they would always get that on TV. But in a live event setting where there's really no restrictions, they can kind of go out and do their thing, which maybe may or not convince them to stick around. So, Holly, it is now over 11.20 p.m. We are back. We made it back safe. Everything's cool. Any final thoughts on the live event experience? Not really. It was definitely different, but I'd like to say thank you for letting me be on my first and last ever podcast. Maybe last. We'll see about that. I'm sure the audience absolutely loved you. So, in closing, I am going to say I hope you all enjoyed the seven-second ad breaks. Until next time, enjoy the show. You're listening to the 411 Forecast Wrestling Podcast on the one and only 411 Podcast Network.